Have you ever jumped into cold water? If your answer is no, do not worry. Most people will probably answer the same. But if you answer yes, then I'm pretty sure you might have heard some of the following. You're completely crazy. Why do you do it? I started jumping into cold water two years ago during winter, but it was just recently when this practice took a completely different meaning to me, when I realized that I like to do it not only because of the physical aspect, but because it is actually the way I think. It's a mindset. Then I figured that many people that have never physically jumped into cold water also had it, and it was just exciting. This is why I decided to do this podcast, to learn from people and their inspiring jumping into cold water experiences. Hope you're ready to breathe, jump, and repeat. This is Into Cold Water. Into Cold Water. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Into Cold Water. Today, we have a, a special guest for me, a, a colleague of mine, actually. We have a, the chance to work for the same company these days, and I'm really excited to learn from her, and I'm pretty sure you will as well, because I have to say that every time that I get to speak to Bettina Rottermund, my head is always like... <laughs> full of insights, <laughs> full of nice ideas, honestly, Bettina. I mean, and please, warm welcome to you. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rito. It's really a pleasure and I feel feel humbled to be, be part of it and learning out loud. Awesome. And Bettina, I, I think it would be nice if you could just briefly introduce yourself to the audience just to give, a, to give them a feeling on, yeah, what are you doing basically these days? Okay, cool. Yeah, my name is Bettina Rotermund. I'm uh, having two hats right at the moment um, wearing at Siemens. The one is I'm the Marcoms and Sales Support Head for Siemens Advanta, which is our IT, IoT consulting and um, implementation unit. And then I'm honored to also carry the other head of being the head of strategic marketing for Siemens IoT, making sure that uh, we harmonize our IoT and digitalization approaches inside Siemens and uh, bringing it out uh, to the customer so the customer would know what he or she could benefit from working together with Siemens. Okay, nice. And, and I mean, just by, by looking at the description, and I know for sure that you're in this situation because you're always with so many things uh, on your plate, Bettina. And honestly, I mean, this session, we, we were just like kind of pushing it and pushing it because of your tight agenda. So, I mean, I, I would like to start our session now asking you a question. Since we're talking about uh, yeah, into cold water and cold water experiences and whatnot, yeah. I would like to bring an icebreaker cool. question. So the question for you, Bettina, will be the following. If you could give an advice to your 10-year-old self, what would it be? Don't break your legs that often. Okay, meaning? <laughs> <laughs> I was a I was a very very energetic um, child. I, I literally had more energy than than my mom and my dad could handle. So I was I was always in this in this competition mode. I like to explore new things. So I went always um, out of my my comfort zone and into stretch zones and into situations that sometimes had been difficult to dangerous. 
um, and, and most of them uh, I mastered quite well, and, and and some of them not. Yeah. So I remember when when I was a twelve year child, we went um, playing catch catching in the trees. Uh, in in the springtime and then I wanted to jump onto the next uh, branch that was there last year but then over the course of the winter they had cut it off <laughs> so uh-huh. <laughs> landed uh, a couple of meters down um, the tree and and uh, uh, had some terrible injuries so that wow. definitely um, would be advised to think before you jump when was the last time you jumped into cold water uh, actually today, because I, I took the habit from uh, Wim Hof to have cold showers once in a while, though I have to admit there are two things in life that I really hate, which is cold water and missed chances. So this jumping into cold water, as as well as my body really appreciated, is, uh, it's for the mind, really, it's hard to to gear myself up and to now count down from 10 and then jumping under this cold water thing it's not really my thing but i i acknowledge that it does something good to my body so i try to trick my brain to to like it uh and i'm on the journey of of getting there i would say okay and if i i I would like to touch upon uh, one of the things you just mentioned now which is the missing chances Mm -hmm. and then before you also touch upon this getting out of your comfort zone so how do you see these two worlds colliding together? Meaning, I mean, I assume you have faced in, in your career some, some moments where you say, okay, definitely this is an interesting chance or an opportunity for me, but I don't know if I'm well prepared for to take it, right? So I need to yeah. get out of my comfort zone. And if so, if you have experienced this, how, how do you deal with it? Well, if you if you look back into my my way, and I'm, I'm constantly trying to avoid this word career because it has such a ne- negative connotation. So if I'm looking back the, the my professional life, um, I would say the majority of the time I did not even have a comfort zone because I was constantly thrown into cold water. I was constantly thrown into things that seemed impossible or at least super difficult, like a hell of a ride. So once in a while, I'm really enjoying being in a comfort zone and having these consolidation phases where you can think and rest and learn from your failures, but also from your successes and you gain new energy for the next big jump. Um, and right now I'm in, in, a, in a super stretched position, having two, two hats, like meaning it's being two, two full positions, if you want, squeezing it into one. And the one mm-hmm. is getting bigger and bigger and bigger um, with a lot of, of time constraints, with a lot of resource scarcity. And so this is really something also in the stretch position. How do you make things work still? And how do you avoid of having snapping in between the two, two different positions? Yeah? Um, and this is why for me, getting out of my comfort zone is quite the normal, I have to say. Okay. And that, that is, that is quite interesting because I, I mean, I, I, you have heard many times and I, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, people that it's really scared and afraid of getting out of this zone. Right. And I think it's natural because as human beings, uh, I would say we are, we are wired to not feel comfortable with something that we don't know. Yeah. yeah of course I, I would a hundred percent agree. The story though is, um, it is like a muscle you can train, yeah? So if you haven't done anything new for 20 years, then no wonder you are scared to death if then somebody comes around and said, hey, guess what, you now need to change. 
if change is your normal, then um, you are not afraid of trying out something new. And also you have a different perspective onto failures. You have a different perspective onto would that alter your, your whole life or is this just another learning that you do? Yeah? So it has something to do with mm -hmm. mindset. And as I said, as a kid, I was very much exploring my surrounding and even far beyond my my abilities. Yeah, So I was always trying to climb higher, run faster, go into dark caves, exploring everything around me. Yeah? And okay. as I said, some, some of these experiences went very well and you learned something and some really went bad. And then also you learned something out of it. And if you, mm. if you look at it from whatever is happening, it is a learning and a learning is good. Yeah. So um, this is a different sort of thinking and, and looking um, onto the world. Um, and I could only encourage people to, to try out new things once in a while, even if it's just a small thing. Yeah. And it could start as ridiculous as it might sound. Um, if you always take the, the one way to your office or to a, sp a certain spot, take another way and just find out whether that does something with you. Is there a new insight? Is there or are there different people you, you're going to meet on this way? So this is a small, small step. And as I said, with the cold showers, I, I was not convinced as I hate cold water. I went into it. I tried it for a couple um, of days and weeks just to find out whether I want to stay and make a habit out of it or whether this is nothing for me and I stop it. Yeah? And so you can try that in your everyday life. It doesn't need to be always like these major changes in your life or in your professional life. Um, but it is really good for your brain to start something new um, once in a while to, to keep this habit of not being afraid to stumble into new things. And also, I mean, for my life, when I'm looking back, most of the changes I ignited myself, if you wish. But there are also changes you cannot avoid. They just come. They are like a wave. And if you train yourself to be able to swim in these changing waters, then you will survive. And if the wave comes and you're not trained to, to swim, then it's going to be super, super hard to stay with yourself, to stay ahead of the thing. Um, and that's why, for me, this constant training myself on new environments, being open, exploring new things, even if I have not the slightest clue where it would end, this is something that, that is super crucial for me um, to, to, to really stay ahead of the curve, I would say. Mm. Yeah, and, and I mean, this, this reminds me to a couple of things. And, and first of all is, uh, because you know that, that for the into cold water uh, yeah, methodology, let's say we have, we have these three pillars. One is the breathing, then jump and repeat. So everything you're talking about to me, it sounds like this preparation phase, correct? So everything you have yeah. to do also in advance and, and then in order to move forward. So my yeah, question to you is, uh, do you have any, or how do you prepare yourself for uh, yeah, any given situation? <laughs> if you have the time to prepare. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you say the keyword, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so uh, funnily enough, a lot of things just land on your table and then you say, oops, where does that come mm -hmm. from? But anyway, in terms of preparation, I think it's a, it's, it's a lot is a mental preparation. And of course, it helps if you, if you have these situations before. 
because then you have a repertoire of problem solving skills and also about your mental resilience looking at it oh yeah another thing okay let's face it and not like oh my god there's a new thing i'm going to die yeah so it's a different mm -hmm. sort of, of um training in, in in preparation for this one i mean if, if you look at it from something new is, is coming and i i know then something new is coming i can prepare and There, there. I think we are we are capable of defining what kind of reaction we want to show. Yeah, it's it's fight or flight, so or freeze if if you wish uh, in the middle. So what I do then when a new situation that is really critical or that is a big one comes up, um, an instant reaction of humans is oh oh. So I'm I'm freezing. I'm flying. Where I'm fighting against it, and I. I've trained myself to be more calm in it and to look at it and say, okay, what are the facts? Yeah. So because usually the unexpected is creating fear inside humans. And then with your fear and uncertainty, you make it bigger than it actually is. So what I'm doing mm -hmm. is really sitting there trying to be as calm as possible and deconstruct it. What are the facts? What are these facts or what are these things inside this new topic I already mastered somewhere else, maybe in a different circumstances, maybe in a different role. But I, what of what of this new animal that is, is screaming and yelling in front of me? I already know, and how can I possibly tame it? And this being calm um, gives me, you know, time because my 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 instant reaction is not taking control over me. And then also, mm -hmm. it is good to look left and right. What could be potential allies that would step into this with you? Yeah, are you alone? Um, do you need to face it alone, or is there some some allyship? Are they some wingman you can can tune in? Um, and then also, what helps me is um, first of all, I look whether there is a solution somewhere on this globe already existing, and then you would surely find it in the internet, yeah, or talking to peers even. Um, and this preparation time, then before stepping into the fight, the battle or whatever it is, um, that gives me the confidence that this thing is to be mastered. And it, it does a trick to your brain, because if you tell yourself you just need to remember the solution, your brain thinks, oh, there is a solution. So it cannot be that bad. If you go into and say, I have not the slightest clue if I will ever survive this. This instantly brings you into a shaking ground on a mental basis. And, and this is what I really try to avoid, making preparation. I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be whatever, no weekend for the next two months. Okay, I can face it. And after this, I'm taking a break. So it's more mm -hmm. a mental tuning you into it and bringing you into, this, into the right mindset rather than freaking out. No, I agree, and and I was just wondering now, Bettina. So um, let's say let's say you are now in this, as you were talking about already, looking at this monster, right? Looking at the monster right in the eye. What will be this first tool that Bettina will take out of her mental toolkit of survival mental toolkit? Let's call it this way for the sake of the argument. <laughs> Actually, I would draw myself a fact map. Yeah. So what are the facts? And, and how, how do they, how are they constructed? Um, what is the timeliness? Um, what is, what is a typical Eisenhower matrix? What of this thing is, is important and urgent and what is the rest? And then sort it. Yeah. So what needs to be done? So I'm instantly drawing myself a map of the, the timeliness and the urgencies and what needs to be done by whom. And I'm sorting it into the different buckets. So really deconstructing, uh, deconstructing the problem into, into its pieces, into its elements, 
and figuring out what is the most important thing that I need to do immediately. What do I need to plan? Uh, whom can I tune in to help me with some other things? So this is, um, this is what I usually do to really make sure that I'm getting this topic holistically and not only particles of it. Because if you, if you only focus on some particles, you might miss out the most important thing. So it is super important to, to sit a while, as frantic as the situation might be, and to look at the sheer facts. And actually, I learned that from a colleague of mine who is a, a medicine, and he said in this triage, the people not screaming are the most wounded and you need to treat them first. Yeah. And then come the people mm -hmm. who have the less wounded and then come the people who just need a plaster on their knee. Um, and this is what I, I do, let's say a project triage, just short sorting out of what is the most important thing. And it might be hidden in second le uh, level or in the second layer. Um, and where do you need to start in order to make sure that the whole thing runs as smoothly as ever possible? Question, question to this, uh, because uh, so every time that I talk to people, especially within this jump uh, area, one of the common concepts or, or, or words that pop up on the conversation is fear. Have you experienced fear in any of these cases? And if so, how do you deal with it? Of course there's fear. And, and I mean, if you don't feel something like, and it's a question how you want to connotate it. Yeah. So for me, sometimes I have fear, sometimes I am anxious, sometimes I'm overexcited. Um, and, and the stuff that I'm doing right now, there was the fear, okay, you're trying to put two jobs that are really, really, really exhausting and, and big into one. So can you cope with it? Will it, you know, ruin your private life? Are you mastering it? Will something badly drop will it harm your reputation whatever yeah there's mm -hmm. a lot of things that pop up in your mind and this is okay give it the time that it needs um to to wrestle with it and to sort it out because i think if you oppress it it will come back um somewhere somehow so what i always do is i'm acknowledging okay i feel fear and i tag it this is fear and then i decide how i want to deal with it And most of the time I would say, okay, is this a rational fear? Because there's really something that you should watch out for. Or is this just your failure fear? Like you, you could not master it. People would look at you and say, hey, you know, that was a disaster. And then what is my decision on this one? Yeah. So um, am I looking into, into this one from perspective, oh, I'm, I'm depending on what other people talk about me or... Is it, um, I want to give my very, very best. And if that's not enough, I, I at least made a learning. So I trained myself over the years to calm this fear relatively rapidly. Yeah. So I give it an hour and sometimes I'm even setting myself this mental alarm clock. Okay. Now this is me and my fear for 15 minutes, like full blast, go and just tell me what will not work and where will I fail and how horrible mm -hmm. it's going to be. And then I said, okay, you had your time and now it's my rational time. And my rational me is then taking over and said, exactly this fact map. Yeah. So what of these components of this problem I've already mastered in my, my previous um, assessments and what can I learn from others? How can I apply it? And uh, what would be the, for me, optimal outcome? 
outcome, working back from this optimal outcome, making the right steps. If you want like reverse engineering, um, starting from the, the end point and working towards what are my next, next steps and the most important things to tackle. And if you have this for yourself, a methodology, and I think there are so many others, somebody would breathe, some others would do whatever meditation, yoga, maybe going out with a friend and talking things through. For some people, a glass or a bottle of red wine might help. (laughs) So I think everybody has this this way of dealing with his or her fear. Um, It's just a story what you make out of it. And this is also related to the mindset that you have. Yeah? Some people would stuck and wrestle with their fear forever. And some people overcome it and say, acknowledge there is fear that indicates something is hard or it's going to be tricky, but I'm going to face the challenge and I'm giving the best that I can. And that if that is not enough, still at the end, I have a learning. Completely. And, and, and I remember one, one time we talked about uh, a, si- a similar situation. That time we went for, for, for a quick coffee last year before COVID, which already feels like it was ages <laughs> ago. It's just crazy. I mean, hopefully we can get past this situation soon. Absolutely. Right. Uh, but then I remember you were talking about uh, this, um, one of these big projects you had. And especially, uh, I mean, I relate myself to this marketing environment because also my background is in marketing. And I remember you talking about doing this huge change uh, on, on a marketing project and, and whatnot. And, and I could totally, uh, until today, I still remember, you know, that sometimes you, and most of the times I would say, you definitely have to deal with the, this the, or put the failure monster in front of you and say, amen, I know you're there, but I'm definitely not going to look at you. So I'm just going to go. I'm just going to do my work. I'm just going to go ahead, tackle the barriers that have to be tackled. And then if you show up uh, within the middle of the process, then welcome. I will learn from you. But then it should not be something to stop you. And, and, and I'm saying this because now that I look back uh, that time and then I see everything that you've done in that particular project that I'm talking about, it's, it's, it's been really a huge thing you change within the organization. I'm really a fan of that. Yeah, th- thank you, for, first and foremost, for, for, for the credits. And I remember very well uh, last year, 20th of March, where I presented that to the internal community. Yeah? And it was a make or break. So if you mm-hmm. if you then lift the curtain and everybody looks at it and say, what? This is what <laughs> you spent your last whatever year on it. It's, it's, it's ugly. Then, of course, this is a huge anxiety. And you want these people to love it. And, and, and you could understand if there's a little bit of a repellent. But... Um, it was really this moment where the poll came in and so many people liked it and loved it and commented beautifully on it. Then of course, this is a huge relief. And there had been times in this project where I just like was about to, to, to forget it all and said, okay, I'm out. I can't bear it anymore. But then it is always this story of, of resilience and how, and persistence and how you push yourself through and so uh, you know I had some songs to it yeah so one of the song was unbreakable yeah I'm, I'm a Porsche with no brakes I'm unstoppable I'm winning and then it was like for me it was like my my hymn yeah I was I was constantly hearing this title and saying no matter what I'm going to prevail um, uh-huh. and, and I'm in the exact same situation 10 times bigger right now saying, oh, yeah, it, it has the quality of going south pretty well. Yeah. So if, if we're making false moves and then 
this is not just something like a project in a small BU. This is something for, for a whole semen. So this is really definitely a different caliber of, of animal I'm, I'm facing right at the moment. And then mm -hmm. funnily enough, the same methodologies apply. You just look at this ugly beast and say, okay, you're 10 times bigger than the last one. Hang on a second. But still, you know, if I'm, if I'm getting the facts sorted, mm, that's one thing. But I have so many more allies in this. So you can be 10 times bigger, no matter what. I'm just bringing 10 of my friends along. Um, and so for me, the way I look at challenges and problems stays more or less the same regardless of the size. And as I know, I've mastered the last one. The chance of mastering this one are quite well and big. And this also brings me into this mindset thing. I know there is a solution. I now need to deploy the solution. And with a little bit of luck and the help of good friends, um, this is going to turn out good. Yeah. Um, and that is, it, it will always happen to you in private life in professional life, big and small problems. I think the, the most important thing is how you want to react on the challenges that are on your way. And, and for sure, challenges there are. And I, I, I love this last thing you said, Bettina, about help and friends. Because I think sometimes we do forget and, and we think, okay, we are alone in this. And then when we look uh, to the sides, then we realize, okay, we have, as you said, we have good friends that can support us. We have family, we have our partners, we have, I mean, you name it. Yeah. So it's also about building this, this network and, and collaboration and have this mindset, right? That again, you're not alone on this and you have to also, I mean, we as human beings have managed to succeed in this world by making groups, by, by making Absolutely. communities. Absolutely. Yeah. And what you, I think what, what helps me is, um, and that's also a human reaction. Yeah. When you're in a fight or flight mode, then you get this tunnel view and you limit your view to, to the, the most important thing right now. And that actually, this is a tricky th situation. And in this situation, I also try to broaden my view and not to run into this tunnel view that, that makes me blind for the left and right, but instantly thinking, Okay, who can help me with that? Who can I turn to? Who's my wingman? Yeah, what what are my troops that I can send? Um, and this is this is something I truly believe in. I truly believe in swarm intelligence. If you do it right, yeah, I know there's the the opposite of swarm intelligence, but I truly believe that the biggest challenges of our lifetime are only to be solved if we're working together and collaborate. And I see that already now, you know, you never come up with the best solution for yourself. It's somebody else that says, oh, that's nice. And you could also do this. Oh, I haven't thought about it. So mm -hmm. it gives you the nice flavor from left and right. And it spices your solution up until it's a very, very um, junky and, 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 and full meal. And, and this is what some people don't get. They, they try to do everything by themselves and, and then mm -hmm. getting the laurels for what they did. This is not, you know, the, come on, get over it. It's 21st century. Yeah. This is so 80s Wall Street logic that it's ridiculous. We mm -hmm. can only survive. We only come to the best possible solutions if everybody brings their intelligence to the table and, and, you know, ignites and infuses this, this challenge that we were facing. So, yes, um, allyship is something that is a wonderful thing. 
And it's, it's also something that I'm truly believing in, um, that these win-win logics and on a collaborative way, you will prevail much better than you would do by yourself. Yeah, I agree. And, and just, I mean, a, a better example of this collaboration mode, so to say, I mean, COVID. So just looking at uh, last year. So I, I think if, if the world has not ever come, let's say, in, into this team mode against against this uh, invisible virus i mean just to see or to think that this tiny thing that we cannot even see and all the damage has done uh, yeah to the to our world basically it's just again people come or or, or governments and, and people and companies and whatnot coming together towards the same goal absolutely otherwise we would have been i don't know where <laughs> even yeah, worse for sure absolutely agree yeah. Bettina, now I'm looking at, let's say, this this learning phase, which for the sake of the into cold water steps, it's the repeating part. Yep. So now that, now, now that we talk a lot about, okay, being prepared, we talk about uh, yeah, having or being calm, having the right allies, changing your habits, which here I will just like to bring one topic because I'm also sure you know this Atomic Habit uh, book of course. from James Clear. Just doing these small changes of 1% and the impact they can have in your life. So also really, really nice uh, analogy to what you said and just an add-on to this. But then again, coming to this repeating meaning learning phases, What has been what has been the main learnings that you've uh, recalled just now from different processes you've been through and these challenging challenging situations you've been through recently? I mean, one of the the biggest learnings, um, especially in, in leadership roles, is um, if you do not lead the people in the first place, you're going to manage problems in the end with a factor X. Um, and that's why, also as as said, as frantic as the situation might be. Um, if you do not tell your team members why we're doing this um, and, and what the desired outcome should be and what you think each and every contribution of your team members should be, then um, you really miss a big chance of setting them into the right scenery and, and making them really genuinely understand understand what, what is it all about. Um, and then things can really go uh, go cross, yeah. So there was um, early one of my biggest learnings: take the time, as as brutal as it might seem in the beginning, uh, you will you will benefit from it in the end because there are less problems to solve. People would go and and figure out how they are going to achieve this goal by themselves, and feel motivated and feel backed off by you. So that's. Um, that's really something that um, that is a big learning. And also a big learning is if you look at these big problems, this is not, usually it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And you be very, very mindful about your energy consumption and how you regain energy. Yeah, Because it's uh, nobody benefits from if you're completely worn out and stressed and, and not able to really function well. So Um, despite all the things that are on my table, I really look into getting enough sleep. I'm really looking into not sacrificing my atomic habits, yeah? um, mm -hmm. not, not sacrificing the me time. Um, otherwise, you really run out of, of energy pretty soon. And that is nothing that you want to have in this critical uh, high level projects, for sure not. I really love this analogy of it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And especially also because I love running <laughs> and you know it, so that is already there. Uh, but I remember also from, um, from Ryan Holiday, this, this really nice author who talks about stoicism. 
he mentioned something about focusing on the process, not necessarily on the goal. Yeah. And I, I, a lot of analogies in, in, in my life is, I mean, um, if the process is weak, then you will, you will run around in circles all over the time. If you have a, a stable process, which you iteratively sharpen yeah, and make it better and more resilient, this really saves you so much time that you can use this time for being creative in, in, for another thing. Yeah. So whatever I do, and I mean, that is why I think constantly I'm thrown by somebody else into complete chaos to create order and structure out of it and to make, mm -hmm. make people and, 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 and businesses thrive is I look at this chaos I instantly see patterns and what kind of processes I need to apply in order to to create this structure and this order, which is then time saving. It's more efficient. It, it you know is calming also people's minds down to more you know okay now we can think about. Um, so this is really what I try to do, not to um, not not to jump onto parts of the problem but really trying to look at the problem from a holistic point of view and what are the processes that I need to apply in order to master it. And once you mastered it, you can go to the next one or you can, can uh, get more safe time for something that really, you know, helps to grow and, and creates the next S curve, for example. And I think that is what is meant also by, um, If you follow the process and if you have a very, very good process in, in your hand, then the, the results come automatically because that's mm. just then, then the ball is just rolling down the hill, but you need to roll the ball up to the hill. It means like you need to create this process. You need to fine tune the process. Um, and then everybody has also a very good structure that he and she can cling to and, and work with um, to avoid double work, to avoid unnecessary work, etc. Um, and if you master this process, then um, anything else uh, will come out of it. It's just a natural flow. I mean, process process is the key and enjoying the process and learning from the process and having it well structured. Exactly. Which right. actually does not necessarily mean that there is no is a process for, you know, German process. Ooh, yes. um, <laughs> it, it looks like ABC one, two, three. Yeah? Um, but, but process is something, um, as you said, you can really enjoy because it, it gives stability and it gives you freedom for something else. So if you're in a complete frantic and chaos, there is no time and room for creativity. If mm -hmm. you master the process um, and you, you, you have this process to, to run your business with, it gives you exactly this freedom and time to go creative, to think about the future, to do something else because you're, you're calm, you're focused, you know you have the time, you know nothing in your back is going to explode. And this is how I look at it. Yeah. So not process as to, to cage everything into a very streamlined thing, but to, to master the stuff that needs to be mastered and to gain time to do something creative. But, you know, last question from my side, and I'm pretty sure all of our listeners will be really, uh, will have some good learnings also from this last question, which is what will be Bettina's three main takeaways so that people can bring into their mental toolbox to be ready to jump into cold water? Mm -hmm. um, first, um, do a fact map. Look at it from a factual objective side. Don't freak out. 
Um, the second would be look into your repertoire. Um, what, what of this problem have you already mastered and have you already solved? Maybe in a smaller version, but you can adapt it a scale or you know somebody else had mastered it and you can look at it. And the third thing, definitely look for allyship, look for support, look for additional resources, being at budget or, or people that can help you with this one. And that is for me a very good um, triangle that 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 backs you and that makes you do the big leaps. Yeah. Um, so that definitely would be my one, two, three. Great. And just on on, on this last one, I remember uh, now. Actually, I don't remember where I read it, but it was just. It's not about you have to to know how to do everything. You just have to know the phone number of the person who, <laughs> who knows how to do it. Exactly. That's also what my mom says. You do not know. Uh, need to know everything. You just need to know where to look it up. So, exactly. Exactly. And, is, and and she's a she's an older woman now, but she's very wise. And 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 <laughs> I exactly. Yeah. So and and as ridiculous as it might seem, a lot of the solutions I need. I'm looking up on Google, yeah, because mm -hmm. I know somewhere, so, someone somewhere on this planet had had to face the same situation. Yes. And and what what I think is crucial is you need to to be able to see the patterns. You need to be able to see the meta level. So the problem might look different, but it has the same root or that it has the same methodology behind. Mm -hmm. um, as with, you know, predictive maintenance, you can apply in hospitals, you can apply in factory surroundings, you can apply in buildings, whatever. So, but the, the, the solution and the problem and the methodology remain the same. And it's really, I can only encourage everyone to, to go more open in, into the world and to look for these patterns. And what I really love, I'm learning from every encounter who, who is that person and, and how is he or she solving problems? Can I learn something out of it? So this curiosity to find these patterns and to put them into your toolbox for, for solutions, this is something that is really, for me, it's really uh, fun and it, it enriches my own portfolio of uh, problem solution building. Um, and that is something that, that will calm you down instantly because you, you can think, oh, I've seen a solution like that somewhere else and I can maybe apply it myself. So this is something I would not say it's a hobby, but it's a it's a passion of mine to to learn from others and to to uh, steal with pride, if you wish, um, mm -hmm. how they solve solutions, um, uh, solve uh, challenges and, and bring that into my own solution bucket. Mm, I agree. And just going back to your first comment on when you were a child, I mean, it's about exploring and be curious. Absolutely. And um, also broken legs here, like <laughs> exactly broken legs. <laughs> very good, Bettina. So um, thank you very much for your time. Again, it was, it was full of learnings. I'm pretty sure all of our listeners also will take some good learnings from here. Good uh, yeah, tools for their mental toolkit and just to be prepared in case they want to jump or they need to jump into cold water. So Bettina, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Rodrigo. Bye. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ciao. Into cold water.